Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Two weeks ago, uh, I'm going to recap because I'm continuing. We started a series, O Taste and See, that the Lord is good. And uh, that was based on Psalm 34. And we merged that as we finished Psalm 34 with Psalm 103. And in Psalm 103, David says, forget not the benefits of the Lord. Listen, the enemy will throw signposts at you. He will throw billboards at you. He will throw neon signs at you to make you be fearful of what he, the enemy, thinks he's going to do. Why? He needs you to come into agreement with him. Don't look at the billboards that come from the kingdom of darkness. Don't look at the billboards and the signs that speak despair. Don't look at the mountains. We are mountain movers in Jesus Christ. Can I get a yes? Absolutely. Listen, those of you that are wearing a mask, God bless you. That's great. Say yes even louder. <laughs> I find that when I'm wearing a mask, I talk to someone and it's like I have to say everything two or three times. So if you're wearing a mask, let loose. Uh, by all means, feel comfortable. Someone asked me today, should I wear a mask? And I said, the approach we take in this house is there is no shame. You don't want to wear a mask, God bless you. You want to wear a mask, God bless you. We're going to bless the Lord together. Absolutely, praise God. So in Psalm 103, two weeks ago, it was actually Easter Sunday, the verse that I read was this. Verse 4, Psalm 103 uh, it starts, obviously, praise the Lord, my soul, all of my innermost being, praise his name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. We need to remind ourselves of the benefits that come from living as children of God. Benefits that come from being born again. I told you the devil will put up his neon signs and speak disaster, try to fill our hearts with fear. He'll put all the gloom and doom. We need to remind ourselves there are benefits of being a child of God. There are benefits of being born again. There are benefits of being filled with his Holy Spirit. And David says... Don't forget the benefits of God. And this whole psalm is about the benefits of God. So Easter Sunday morning, I read verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Hey, is there any way we can get those words larger on the screen? I can read it, but just... For the people way up the back. There you go. Aren't they awesome in the back? Come on, give them a big round of applause. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And what I want to rehearse or remind you that I shared two weeks ago, the word crown in the Hebrew text is the word Atar. And it means not a crown like you'll get uh, when you go to Burger King. Uh, <clears throat> this is a crown that it means literally to surround you, to encircle you, to encompass you. So God crowns us with his love, his kindness, his compassion. He, he crowns us with favor. What does that mean? I'm wearing a crown, a useless crown on my head, something that has no vital or uh, physical or practical application? No way. Let me tell you something. Religion makes God irrelevant to our day-to-day -day life. Everything is in the future. I don't believe in religion. I believe in Jesus Christ. And everything about Jesus Christ is now. 
when Jesus talked about Lazarus uh, rising from the dead, his sisters, uh, Lazarus' sisters said, yeah, we know he will rise in the resurrection. And they're putting God off into the distant future. Religion will often take the present promises of God and push them off into the future. And, and what happens is that the sons of God walk through a desert not experiencing the blessing of God for today. Religion will push it off to the future. Jesus said, no, I'm not talking about the resurrection that will come one day. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Your brother will rise now. Amen. Forget not the blessings or the benefits of God. They're not in the future. They're for today. They're for now. You will never find a more practical gospel or uh, philosophy than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came preaching, the kingdom of God is here. Everything about Jesus was meant to impress that now God wants to save. Now God wants to deliver. Now God wants to be with you. Now he wants to hear your prayer and answer your prayer. This is the now God, not the will be God. That's why when God revealed himself to Moses in the Old Testament, and Moses says, you want me to go back to Pharaoh in Egypt and tell him that some God talked to me? What? Do I tell him when he asks me your name? And God said, I am that I am. God is always in the now. Religion will push the benefits of, uh, of Christianity into the future. But Jesus brings everything into the now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of miracles. Today is the day that God cares about us and he hears the cries of our heart and he will answer from heaven. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So David says, God... So in Hebrew, he didn't say he crowns me. He says he surrounds me. He encompasses me. He makes a circle around me of blessing, of favor, of love, of compassion. You see, I live in a force field. And I'm not getting new agey here. But the power and the spirit of God lives in me and around me. In fact, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will be in you. The Holy Spirit is the power of God, and he lives in me, and he emanates from me, and it creates a force field around me of God's smile, of God's blessing, of God's protection, of God's faithfulness. And I want you to get a visual imagination that you aren't just saved, but the very kingdom of God encircles you, and it is a force field of protection. It is a force field of blessing. It is a force field of God's presence. Amen. Amen. I am encircled by the favor, the blessing, the compassion of God. The next verse, and this is where we start today's message. I've titled this, God Blesses My Mouth. And I'm going to explain that. God blesses my mouth. In Psalm 103, <clears throat> verse 5, right after verse 4. That was deep, wasn't it? Verse 5 comes right after verse 4. Everyone's thinking, my goodness, he really is refreshed. That was a deep revelation. But verse 5 does come after verse 4. So watch this and make the connection. He encircles us. He surrounds us with favor, with approval, with blessing, with compassion. Now we're going to tie in verse 5. 
It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, <clears throat> my mom's been in a nursing home for 14 months. And uh, she did not pass away of COVID. She passed away of being a ripe age, 97 and a half. And uh, <clears throat> I had been praying, Lord, I, I just, I want to be able to touch her. She's in that home and we can't touch her. Went to uh, visit once when I was in New York and uh, had to see her through a glass door. Of late, especially the last six months, her ability to communicate on the phone was pretty much non-existent. And so now we couldn't touch her and we couldn't hear her. And I had been praying, God, this isn't life. I'm happy for you to take her home, but I want to be able to touch her face. I want to touch her arms. I want her to hear the words, thank you, mom. I love you. While we caress her and hold her. About five weeks ago, maybe five, eight weeks ago, I had booked a flight to go to New York and I had rented a car and uh, booked a hotel room. And then Pastor Carlos, I was going to fly in on a Friday night I knew I would only see her from outside the glass door and then fly home Saturday evening so I could be ready to go to church the next day. And Pastor Carlos said, you know that there is still a flying restriction and that when you get to New York, you're going to have to quarantine for three days. That was about five, eight weeks ago. And I was so upset, so disappointed. And I had to cancel everything. And I said, I just cried out to God, God, I just want to see my mom again before she passes. I want to be able to touch her. I want to surround her in an environment of words of gratitude so I can let her know how much I love her. As I stroke her face, we love just touching her face and kissing her. And um, we got a call uh, Tuesday last week that uh, was it it was Tuesday last week uh, my timeline is all over the place now life's been a bit of a whirlwind but we got this phone call and my brother Joe who lives in New York uh, my oldest brother's in Australia he had been out of town for 35 days uh, on business and so he flew in, I flew in, we got into Long Island probably an hour apart from each other. We got to the nursing home five minutes apart from each other. And we were able to spend all day Wednesday with mom. Uh, the nursing homes hadn't been letting anybody in. So here we are, mom's about to pass, and a week before the state of New York changes the flying requirements and they lift the quarantine a week before. And the nursing homes uh, agreed to allow people in. So the last week of my mom's life, things started to change in the state of New York. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you, we are blessed to live in Florida. Trust me, we are blessed, blessed, blessed. But the point is, we fly in. I don't have to worry about quarantining. And we get to the nursing home, and they do a COVID test, and we had to wear double masks, and they put a gown on us, and she didn't have COVID. So, But anyway, my brother was on her right side. I was on her left side. And all day, we're petting her arm doing this on her face. Mom, I love you. Kissing her forehead. And uh, she'd open her eyes at times. Her eyes didn't track to us, but her eyes were open. You'd see emotion on her face. Uh, she'd move her hands and her legs a little bit. And all day, and a few of my cousins were able to come, and so we'd step out, they'd come in. This is part of the sermon. He fills my mouth 
with good things. He satisfies your mouth. I pray, Dad, I want to see him, see my mom one more time. I want to touch her. I want to hold her. I want to hug her for her benefit and my benefit. And God gave me the desires of my heart. He heard the prayers of my mouth. Amen. He heard the prayers of our mouth. And uh, so my brother and I were going in and out of the room as cousins came, gave them an opportunity. Uh, my, my children and were able to talk to her by phone and we'd put the phone up to her ear. An hour and a half to two hours before mom passed, she had me on her left side, Joe on her right side, kissing her, telling her we love her, thanking her. I called Australia. My brother Dave was on speakerphone and he's speaking. We put the phone right up to her ear and he's telling her, Mom, thank you so much. We love you. And we know it's your time to go. We're going to miss you. And, and so an hour and a half before she went to be with Jesus, she had her three boys around her, telling her how much we appreciate her, loving on her. And uh, my nephew, uh, Joe's oldest son, came, and he was there right at the end, uh, my son Robbie called in and we put it up to her ear. And my brother Joe tells me that as Robbie was saying his goodbyes and telling his grandma that he loves her, Joe says that a tear came out of her right eye. And uh, what a joyful thing. On this side of life, we escorted her out. And on the other side of life, my father and I'm sure angels escorted her in. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is faithful. Psalm 103 verse 5. Don't forget the benefits of God. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. The things you speak. The things you pray. I, I thank God for as horrible this COVID period is. Under the circumstances we had the best scenario possible, and we were able to be with her and love on her, uh, to hold her, embrace her, uh, to thank her, and uh, our desires were fulfilled. I want you to understand that you have a relationship with a father not like an earthly dad. Some earthly dads are good. Some are so broken, they haven't been able to be good. But our heavenly father is absolutely perfect. And he is a good dad. He's a great dad. He feels what we feel and he cares for us. And he answers your prayers. And I want you to understand that what this verse means, he will satisfy your mouth with good things as you usher up a prayer with faith in the name of Jesus. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, let me just take that further because you know, in God, you can always go further. When you find a revelation, you can always go deeper. God is limitless, and so there's no exhausting the depth and the width and the height of God. So from this verse, we're going to build on it and look at what other verses say. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14, it says from the... <clears throat> there we go. And... Uh, can you see that up the back? Is that big enough for you up the back? Can you hear me up the back? <laughs> you can see that? All right. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. That's what he's saying in Psalm 103 verse 5. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things and the work of their hands bring them reward. So uh, one translation says, By, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things as surely as the work of their hands 
bring them reward. With your hands, you build. With your hands, you do things. And you benefit from the work of your hands. And as surely as you benefit from the work of your hands, the fruit of your lips will fill you with good things. See, God is saying it twice. Once in the Psalms, he says it again in Proverbs, that he will uh, bless the fruit of your lips with good things. As surely as your hands can produce for you, so can your lips. You will be filled with good things. We can take that deeper. You see, if we were to read Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13, the verse that precedes it, in the New King James translation, it says, the wicked are ensnared by the transgressions of their lips. When we're not wise, before we come to Christ, and if we're not wise, we can speak negativity and the sin of our lips, the negativity of our lips will ensnare us. That's what verse 13 says. But then verse 14 says, as I've already read, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. As surely as the work of their hands reward them. Well, we're going to make it even clearer. Because you never build a doctrine on one scripture. When God means something, you'll find it all through Scripture. And so in, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 to 21, we're going to focus on verse 20 for a moment. It says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. It doesn't say your stomach is filled by the fruit you shove in your mouth. It says your stomach is filled by the fruit of your mouth. You see, in John chapter 6, Jesus said, My words are spirit and my words are life. Jesus said, My words. He didn't say my words are spiritual. He said, My words are spirit and they are life. And you have to understand that from the moment God breathed life in you, the breath of God is in you. And when we, as born-again sons and daughters of God, speak, we are speaking the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord brings life. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. In other words, you can speak positive things and reap the rewards of it, or you can speak negative things and suffer the consequences of it. Look at the second half of verse 20. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Now, a verse that is more commonly known is the verse that follows. But people hardly ever read verse 20. Verse 21 says, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit. The power of life and death is in the tongue, and if you understand this principle and cherish this principle, then you will eat from it, and you will eat life. But the foolish is ensnared by their lips. They are trapped by their words. So here you have it. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. Not the fruit that goes in my mouth. From the fruit that comes out of my mouth, my stomach will be filled. What do you speak? God wants to bless your mouth. Sometimes we talk in such a way somebody needs to slap our mouth. You know, David, in his Psalms, Somewhere he writes, oh God, put a gate on my mouth. Help me to censor what comes out of my mouth. God wants to bless your mouth. 
from the fruit of your lips, from your conversation. If you speak the blessings of God, if you speak the promises of God, if you stand on God's word and confess it and declare it over you, you will be blessed. The Bible says the tongue has the power of life and death. Now think about this for a moment. If you were the arch demon of demons, if you were Satan and you knew that the universe is run by the principles of God and one of those principles says the power of life or the power of death is in the tongue, wouldn't you, as the head of all demons, encourage demons to bring signs and billboards in front of people so that they see negativity, so that they speak negativity, so that they come into agreement with the evil, wicked desires of Satan, and by speaking it out, they are in agreement, and it comes to pass. See, Satan understands the principles of God. Too often, Christians don't understand the principles of God. So let me break this down and make it even simpler, okay? I could give you a brand new car, and it could sit in your driveway. But if you don't understand the principle of ignition, that new car will sit in your driveway forever, and you will never benefit from it. But when you understand that you take a key, put it in the ignition, turn it, it releases an electrical current that goes to an electrical starter motor that turns a belt that cranks the engine and causes a spark so that there's combustion and now combustion starts to fire up inside of that moment, that motor, now you have power. But if you don't understand the principle of ignition, you could have a brand new Ferrari sitting there in your driveway and you're not going to go anywhere. Principles are very important. The principles of God are very important. And so sometimes... You know, we get into a churchy mode and people hear sermons and we read the word of God uh, almost like it's a, uh, just a, a little verse in a greeting card. No, the words of God are spirit and they are life. They have power. When we quote the word of God and it comes out of our mouth, our words are spirit and life. They have power. You can understand the principle of ignition, but now you also have to understand the principle of transmission. And you have to put that transmission in a drive, otherwise you're going to have an engine roaring on all eight cylinders, and you can make a lot of noise, but you won't get anywhere. And once you put it into drive, you've got to understand the principle of acceleration. You've got to understand that unless you press that gas pedal, you, you still aren't going anywhere. You see, the Word of God is a series of principles. And too often, bona fide sons and daughters of God know the word, but they don't understand principles. God says he will bless the fruit of your lips. And he says it over and over again. He says the power of life and death is in your tongues. People bemoan all the negative things that happen to them. But we need to analyze what are we speaking God has come into contract with us. God has come into agreement with us. And he says, I have put the power of life or the power of death in your tongue. We can read the story of Adam and Eve and we could shake our heads in disbelief that they would eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Forget the evil. I don't want to know evil. I don't want to know how to do evil things. I don't want evil imaginations. 
And ever since Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, man has had the capacity to know good things and do good things and to know wicked things and do wicked things. Well, the same way we would shake our heads at Adam and, you know, say, Adam, why would you eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil? Maybe we need to look in the mirror and shake our heads at ourselves because God says, I've put in the garden of your mouth the power of life or death. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, those who recognize this principle, Recognize that God has given you an incredible gift. It is is the gift of choice. You can choose for your life to be blessed or you can choose for your life to be cursed. God wants to encircle you with his love and with his compassion and with his favor. But he has put the ignition switch in your mouth. He's put the transmission in your tongue. He's put the accelerator in your words. And you and I have to come into agreement with the word of God and the blessings of God and boldly and fearlessly declare what God says and speak it over our own lives. Can I get an agreement here this morning? Am I breaking this down and making it simple enough? You see, even if you're a young Christian, a baby Christian, you recently got saved, I want you to understand this principle. You can go to a lot of churches and hear a lot of sermons. You won't always hear people breaking it down and giving you principles. You see, if your relationship with God is a relationship where the rubber never hits the road, if all your sermons are never direction to practical benefits, you're getting caught up in religion. Because when you get caught up in Jesus, everything is relevant. Everything is real. Everything is practical. And God says, I'm giving you like I gave Adam. I gave him the choice of only having the knowledge of good or having the knowledge of good and evil. Now he says to you, I'm putting in the garden of your mouth a tongue, and with it you can speak blessing over your life, or you can speak curses over your life. So I have the word in verse 4 tells me, God has crowned me, he encircles me with his power with his presence. And then he says, he'll bless the fruit of my lips. What are we speaking? Are you speaking fear? Are you speaking tragedy? Are you speaking negativity? Are you agreeing with the demons that say you're nobody and you're nothing and you're a failure and you're messed up and God doesn't care about you? Because if you come into agreement with demons, demons will come into agreement with you and they will serve on your table the very thing you have spoken from the fruit of your lips. Wow. By the same token, God has encircled us And his spirit is around us waiting to be activated. Here, let me give you another scripture and really take this home. I want you to understand, it's a little bit like driving a car. No sense having a beautiful red Ferrari in your driveway if you don't even know how to start it. How many of you now have a car where you have the key fob in your pocket, you sit in the car and you press the button and the car starts up. How many of you have that set up in your vehicle? All right. I remember about eight years ago, I was at a car auction 
and the auctioneers start up all the cars. You listen to the car running, and then you bid, and, you know, if you win the bid, you get the car. And this guy had won this car, and he went and paid his money, and, of course, they had turned all the engines off when the bidding was finished on that particular car. And uh, I was near his car, and he's sitting in the car, and he's trying to start it. Didn't know how to start it. And you know what men are like. We never like asking anybody for help. You know, we don't want to look stupid. We might be stupid, but we don't want to look it. And we don't want anybody to know we're stupid, right? And so he's sitting in this car, and I'm thinking he's just admiring his new acquisition, but he couldn't find the ignition switch. And finally, he's frustrated enough, he turns to me and says, Hey, buddy. This thing was running before. Do you know how to start this car? I really wasn't that familiar with this new setup, but I think I had seen it once or twice. So he gets out, I get in, and it comes to me, put your foot on the brake, press the button, and the car starts. You see, if you don't understand the principles of God, you'll never get started. You must understand the principles of God. I don't preach for the sake of telling you stories. I preach for the sake of giving you keys so that you can be overcomers and be victorious in this life. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes negative things happen, especially when it's a situation where you're involved with another person. And sometimes, because everyone has a free will, people can drop their bundle all around you. The question is, when the billboards come up and tell you, now your life is going to fail. When the billboards come up and demons are flashing the neon lights and they're saying, you're going to die. You got a, a, a verdict from the doctor, you're going to die. When demons come with one-way signs that say, you're not going to recover from this, are you going to come into agreement with their advertising or are you going to come into agreement with the Word of God? Because the power of life or death is in your tongue. You have the ignition switch and you determine what will power your life. And so what happens too often is as Christians, we get into negative circumstances and we get hoodwinked by the billboards of Satan and we start speaking according to the signs. And we're left wondering. But God wants you to see the, uh, the signs of the enemy and he doesn't want you to be wondering. He wants you to put the word of God in your mouth and start speaking the promises and the blessings and the faithfulness of God. And when we do that, we will see signs that God is with us and we will see wonders in the heavens and in our life around us. And so the enemy will often bring a mountain in front of you how are you going to get around this mountain? How are you going to move this mountain? Why do you think Jesus said, do you see that mountain over there? I'm telling you that if you speak to that mountain, the fruit of your lips, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you're convinced as you speak to that mountain with authority in my name, and you don't doubt in your heart, and you believe that what you say you're gonna get, that mountain will be moved. David said, don't forget the benefits of God. Church, I'm here preaching this series to remind you the benefits that come with serving God far outweigh the lies of the devil and all of his billboards and all of his signs and all of his deception and all of his trickery. The blessings of God are in my favor and they're in your favor as well.
Forget not the benefits that come with living for God. Can I get an agreement? Second Corinthians verse one, chapter one, verse 20. Remember I said to you, Psalm 103, verse four, he crowns my life with love and compassion. Whoopee. You read it in the Hebrew, he encircles, he surrounds, he encompasses us with favor, with love, with, you know, good wishes, good will. He encircles us. Look at this verse. For no matter how many promises God has made, I don't know how often you read your Bible, but that book is filled with a lot of great promises. They're not words of inspiration so that you have a slightly better day. That's not what the Bible is. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They're not words of inspiration that we hang on to so that we get through another difficult day and another horrible year. No. The word of God is spirit and it's life. And the word of, of the Lord gives life. The word of the Lord gives life. The word of the Lord gives life. If the power of life and death is in your tongue, what do you think is in God's tongue? The word of the Lord gives life. The word of the Lord gives life. The word of the Lord gives life. Hallelujah. Put the word of the Lord in your mouth and let the spirit of life create and change the circumstances and tear down the billboards that demons have put up. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, let's break it down. It doesn't matter if there's a gazillion promises in that book. Every one of them are met with a yes in Jesus Christ. Are you seeing that? It doesn't matter. Look, the more on a human level, the more a person talks to you and makes you promises, the more and more their credibility diminishes, especially around election time. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. Paul is saying, <laughs> it doesn't matter if God makes a gazillion promises, I'm telling you, here's the principle. If God makes a principle, Jesus, if God makes a promise, Jesus is in agreement. So what promises have you read in the word of God? By his stripes I am healed. It's a promise. Every promise that God has made, Jesus stands in the heavens and says, yes! Now why would he say yes? He is testifying to the fact that he came to earth to accomplish the will of the Father and his blood on the cross bought the right for you to take hold of that promise and enjoy the blessing of it. So even if God made a gazillion promises, they say that there are well over 700 promises in the Bible covering more than 250 different uh, uh, categories of life. I'm telling you, even if there's a gazillion, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should exaggerate. So even if there were a gazillion promises in the word, 
Jesus stands up in the heavens and says, yes, I died for that promise. I died for it to become a reality in the life of the children of God on earth. Yes, 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 yes. You see, there's an interesting principle in Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 13. It says, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. There were two brothers, two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain had issues. He had stuff he wouldn't deal with in his life. God knocked on his door and said, Abel, uh, Cain, Sin is crouching at your door. If you don't deal with this stuff in your head, if you don't deal with this stuff in your heart, if you don't get real, if you don't get honest, if you don't take action, that sin that you entertain will master you and control you. Well, Cain in his jealousy and anger, misplaced rejection, takes his brother Abel out to the field Abel is doing things that God says to do and he's being blessed and Cain is being half-hearted about the things of God and he's envious of his brother and he kills him. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You see, the innocent blood of Abel went into the ground and according to the Bible, it still speaks. What do you think it speaks? It cries out for justice. A tragedy had taken place. A devastation. This was the first murder and taking of a human life in the history of mankind. A new precedence had been set on the earth. A precedence that we are screaming about emotionally daily as we read the headlines around the world. Amen. The Bible says that the blood of Abel speaks, but it cries out for salvation. It cries out for deliverance. It cries out for justice. But when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he knew that he would shed his blood and his blood would forever cry out into the heavens and it speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. It speaks a word of deliverance. It speaks a word of healing. It speaks a word of power. It speaks a word of God's favor on our lives. So, if we look at this verse, it doesn't matter if God's made a gazillion promises. Jesus died for every one of those promises because he came to fulfill the will of the Father. And his blood shouts in the heavens, yes, 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 yes. When you speak, a promise of God over your life. You have a witness in heaven and that's Jesus. And he says, yes, I died so it could come to pass in your life. I died so that you could be set free. I died so that the promises of God can be your reality. <laughs> Principles. I told you about the principle of ignition. Watch this. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen. Amen means that's how it is. That's how it is. It's an agreement. It's coming into covenant. It's coming into agreement. God makes a promise and Jesus and his blood shouts yes through the heavens. But nothing will have ignition until your tongue chooses life 
and you come into agreement with the Father and the Son and say, that's how it is. Psalm 103, verse 5. Can you put it up again? Psalm 103, verse 5. God satisfies your mouth with good things. The devil will satisfy your mouth with evil things. The power of life or death. You can either come into agreement with the word of God or you could come into agreement with the word of demons. And there are plenty of demons who will tell you that your ship is sinking. There are plenty of demons who will tell you you're not going to live and you're not going to make it. Why? Because they are prophets of doom. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They are prophets of death. And they will speak words of death and hold up billboards and circumstances to get you into agreement. Don't believe the headlines. Don't believe the scenery. Believe the word of God and let the promises of God come out of your belly through your tongue and God will bless the fruit of your lips and you will see life, you will see the blessings, you will see the promises of God coming to pass as the blood of Jesus says, yes! And the church of Jesus says, that's how it is! You and I have got to learn to be in communion with the Father so that we know how to talk to the enemy. We need to learn how to be in communion with the Father so that we learn how to talk to the enemy. Get the word of God in you and when the devil is bugging around your ears, you need to get into his face with the word of God and say, that's how it is. Now shut up. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Back off and go back to hell where you belong. Amen. Amen. Praise God. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. COVID? I know what it can do, but I am much more cognizant of what my father can do. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's what the word of God says. That's what my tongue is going to say. And Jesus is shouting, amen, amen. This is not unto death. This is not unto disaster. I might go through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil. I am not going to read the headlines. I am not going to read the billboards. I am going to read the word of God so that the word of God comes out of my mouth in Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand. Praise God. We don't come to church so that we could say, well, I did my Christian thing. I did my due diligence. I put my time in. I checked my card in, the time clock. Oh, we come together like this first and foremost to give God the worship and the honor and the attention that he deserves. We come with a thankful heart. We come to encourage one another in the Lord. And we come to sit at his table and eat from his word. We eat from his word. The word of the Lord brings life. The word of the Lord brings life. Now I'm going to share a very private and personal thing with you. Yeah. My mom went to be with the Lord. 
And there'll be many more times where for no reason I'll suddenly break down and start to weep at my loss, not hers. She's gained. Yeah. It's a week where in the natural, the world would understand the person is in mourning. I refuse to be in mourning because I don't believe what the world says. She's not dead. She's very much alive. But aside from all of that, aside from the fact that the other night, last night, before I could even start preparing my sermon, I was called to the hospital with the news. My mother's younger brother's dying. I meet his wife and his daughter and their pastor, and we start speaking faith through the glass window. Double pneumonia, COVID, 100% oxygen through the mask. He sedated. They turned him on his belly because his oxygen was down to 90. And when they put you on your belly, it helps get stuff out of your lungs and helps the oxygen to go into the blood. No results. Got an infection several days ago. Nothing's breaking the fever. We stand at the window. But more importantly, we stand at a decision point of life and death. What is our tongue going to say? Are we going to come into agreement with what the hospital has just said? Come in. He's about to die. You got 20 minutes to look at him through the window. My aunt said, can we pray? You got 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, we watched his oxygen go from 86 to 91. His blood pressure, which was way too low, somewhere in the 90s over the 48, go from 90 to 108 over 58. Inside of 20 minutes of praying. What are you going to say? When you're riding through the valley of the shadow of death. What are you going to say? Yeah. David says, I will fear no evil. Come on. It's useless. I preach 10,000 sermons if they don't have personal, practical application. The word of God is a book of principles. I want you to drive that Ferrari. <laughs> I want you to turn that ignition and see the power of God, see the blessing of God, see the hand of God working in your life. We don't gather together to have church so we can say, well, we grew by 30%. No, I come here purposely cooking up a meal to give you the best meal you've ever had so that it gives life and energy to your mortal bodies and your spiritual body. I teach you the principles of God because you and I are meant to be the principles of God ruling and reigning on earth through Jesus Christ. Demons want to rule this earth. We need the sons of God to stand up and be the sons of God. Be the principles, the agents of God. Living and breathing and speaking life, blessing, God's favor. Amen. So even as a, a younger Christian, take these principles. Don't wait till you've been saved 30 years. Get these principles. Hear what pastor's preaching and understand, okay, there's a way to turn the car on. There's a way to put it in a gear. And there's a way to accelerate. I want you to accelerate in the things of God. I want you to get it into gear. I want you to get your motor started. So that we could experience a life filled with Him. Amen. Amen. Hang on a second. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. We need these reminders from time to time, don't we? 
We keep seeing the scenery and the devil's constantly painting a canvas of negativity. And every so often, we need to let the Word of God, well, not every so often, all the time. We need to let the Word of God be our canvas so that we see the landscape that God has mapped out. Every eye closed. If you've walked away from God, He doesn't hate you. He loves you. The story of the prodigal son is all about somebody who should have known better and did worse. But one day they came to their senses and they returned to the Father. If you've walked away from God, today is a great day to let your tongue speak life and welcome Jesus into your life afresh. If you have never asked Jesus in your heart, if you don't know what it means to be born again, if you're still wondering how can these people be so excited, Jesus said, you must be born again. It's like having a whole new birth. You ask Jesus in your heart. You ask him to live in you and through you. If you've never done that or you need to come back, while every eye is closed, just put your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? Come on, put your hand up if that's you. Thank you. God bless you. If you put your hand up, you can put it down. If you haven't put it up yet, just quickly put it up. This is for no one else's benefit. It's heaven and me and you. And we'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that are watching, God loves you. God loves you. Do you know that there isn't a sin big enough that it's bigger than God's love or forgiveness. Wherever you are, whoever you are, if you can humble yourself and take accountability and ask Jesus in your heart, God will come into your life. I'm, gonna, I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me, especially those of you that raised your hand Pray this from your heart. This is all it takes. God doesn't make it hard. I'm glad you don't have to get go to university to be born again. I'd never make it. It's simple. God makes it simple. Everyone repeat after me. Dear God, I do believe you love me. Sometimes I don't know why, but I'm glad you do. Jesus Christ, I know you are God. And you died on that cross for me. And I thank you. And I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart right now. Live inside of me. Forgive me. And lead me every day. I welcome you, Jesus, to be my Lord, my Deliverer, my Savior, my Healer. Heal this broken heart of mine. I give it to you. Amen. And Father, I thank you that you've heard these prayers. And I thank you that you do want to crown us, encircle us, surround us with your love and your compassion. And I thank you for those that have raised their hand that today, as a minister of the new covenant, I take the blood of Jesus and I wash away the guilt and any legal rights the devil had over their lives. By the blood of Jesus, that legal right is broken and severed. And I thank you, Father. I break the powers of darkness 
I come against the forces of evil. And on behalf of those that raise their hands, in Jesus' name, we speak life and life more abundantly. Freedom, chains being broken, oppression and heaviness and brokenheartedness being delivered from these things and healed and made whole. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead them and guide them and help them to grow in faith. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now look at me before you slip out. Don't let today just be another Sunday on the calendar. Let today be a milestone, a mile marker. Hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord brings life. Understand what was taught and start going through the scriptures and pull up the promises of God. If you don't know how to do that, Go on Google. Google will help you. Even Siri will help you. Do you understand that if God surrounds us with his presence and he wants to do good for us and Jesus is in heaven saying, yes, 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 all he needs is for you to turn the ignition switch. And the very presence of God that encircles us will start to release and create the blessings of God in our lives. Amen. It's real. It's powerful. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday. Let's come for another meal. Amen. I got more principles next week. I know. I already know what I'm preaching. I got principles to share with you. Have an awesome week. God bless you. May the blessing of God be all over you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the fight of my life.